Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Lillard, a three, good! Murray down the court. Oh, McCollum with a block. C.J. McCollum with a spectacular defensive play. There's Lillard again from the logo. You cannot stop Damian Lillard right now. Last night it was the NBA suspending its season after Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive for the coronavirus. This hiatus will be at least 30 days. The NBA Board of Governors has approved a 22-team restart in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. Our league is made up of so many African-American players and a lot of our hearts are with our people. And that's where the struggle is. I think that's what you're hearing a lot of guys kind of coming out saying, you know, maybe we should be focused on that instead of worrying about, you know, going back and jumping into the season. The black community has had enough. Welcome into the Hangtime Podcast. I'm your host, Seku Smith, here in Atlanta. We are climbing the ladder all the way to Orlando for the NBA restart. 22 teams, 22 days. We're going over details on each and every one of them today. We're talking the Portland Trailblazers with the king of the podcast, the superstar, Mr. NBA champion, the pride of Phoenix himself, Channing Pride, doing this here on the Hangtime Podcast. Listen, I feel like I should be on your podcast. Well, I mean, what you doing here? <laughs> you can show up anytime you want. We're going to do the same thing. Talk about some wilderness. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Man, listen, I know everybody is is going wild um, just, you know, in a, anticipating what we're going to see in, in the bubble and what is an unprecedented environment. For all of these teams, there was so much talk, you know, from from Portland leading up to this point about them not wanting to play certain formats, or maybe they were ambivalent about even participating. Now the opportunity's here. What is the motivation, you know, beyond just getting to play, getting into the playoffs and having that spot that you think this Portland team has going into the action in the bubble? I think uh, the biggest thing is Damian Lillard. Uh, he's the best guard right now in the NBA uh, with Steph not there. Yeah. I think right now, anytime you look at his past history when it comes to the playoffs, he shows up. You have a chance to win every single time he's out there. He's rested. Uh, Nurk is healthy. Zach Collins is healthy. Um, and when you have a, a duo like McCollum and, and uh, Damian Lillard, you want to put them in high-pressure situations. Number one, you know what they've done before, and you want to give them the opportunity to show that they've gotten better. One big thing to me was Trevor Ariza. I felt like that was a huge blow for them, you know, just defensively. I felt like his length, his leadership, his veteranship, he's been in big games. He's made big plays defensively and offensively. But looking at Melo, I don't know if he went vegan. I don't know if he <laughs> Peloton, but skinny mellow is very, very, very dangerous. It shows that he's taken this seriously. It shows that, you know, for him, we kind of laugh saying, oh, he may have to play the three. But if he's already preparing his body like that, now you're saying, uh-oh, 
he might have a little bit more bounce. He might be a little bit quicker. He might be able to play, you know, instead of 20 minutes at the 324, and you split him and Zach Collins and some of the other guys off the bench at the three, they are very, very offensively dangerous teams. Yeah. They, I mean, they're three and a half games back, obviously, trying to get that playoff spot. Do you think Nurkic and Collins, with, without the benefit of, of having played all these months, not just the, the pandemic months, but even before that, obviously, how much can you lean on them physically, knowing what they're coming off of in, in terms of how fresh they might be, but then how quickly they might fatigue? I mean, here's the best case scenario. You say, hey, I'm just going to play you 24 minutes a game, yeah. right? I'm going to split minutes. Like minimum, you're going to get 24 minutes. So a six-minute stint, it doesn't matter if you take a year, two years off. I've seen them. I've seen Zach Collins in his practice. I've seen Nurks looking slim, and he's as big as a rhinoceros. So th- it could have gone very <laughs> bad. Right. But, I mean, you split time between Nurk and Hassan Whiteside. I don't know a, a more physical one-two punch. Right, and you say, "Hey, this game we're gonna go. We want to post up a little bit more. We're gonna go with Nurk starting, or this game, hey Hassan, we're gonna start you, and then because we want Nurk to, you know, because defensively Hassan is a lot better, where Nurk is a lot better offensively. You can mix and match those guys, and so they're gonna have the opportunity to to be put in their best situation each game. Um, and I think Zach, you look at him." And there's been so much talk about what he can do. This is a perfect clean slate situation. Go out there and play the three, play the four. Um, he'll play the four offensively, but he'll play the three defensively. And again, that's another six nine, six ten guy that's going to put a body on. You know who we're talking about: LeBron, Paul George, Kawhi. You just need to throw bodies at them. That Western Conference Finals redux you know that that kind of feeling that you have when you get there last season like like the Trailblazers did fell down obviously against the Warriors didn't play their best well seemed kind of worn out right. but that confidence you get from making it there the year before how much of that do you think is is a, available for them to kind of use as they get into this chase because I mean they they're one of the few teams that has this carrot hanging out at first you got to make up this ground and get into the playoffs. And then if you do, it's an entirely new game for you. But just the motivation laying there and knowing what you did last year. Yeah, I think it's huge. I think you look at um, that team last year that lost. Um, they really didn't get a lot of production from Al Farouk Aminu, from Mo Harkless, from their bench. Really, I think it was just Damon and CJ that scored most of those points. But now you have another year underneath your belt. Big Nurk is healthy. You have a son wide side that is a great screen and roller and finisher around the rim uh, with his little floaters and hooks. But I think one underlying motivating factor, if you say, okay, let, the Blazers are going to make the A spot, they would have had to play the Lakers, right, which I think are going to be first. Rondo going down is huge. Yeah. Huge for the Lakers because Rondo, playoff Rondo, and everyone says it, and I've seen it, is an absolute <laughs> different beast. Playoff Rondo would have been trouble for Damian Lillard. I don't care anybody's agree or not. I'm telling you this. Playoff Rondo <laughs> would have been difficult for Damian Lillard or CJ, whichever one he's guarding. But now that he's not playing, that's a tough first-round matchup for the Los Angeles Lakers to go against a physical, battle-tested you know, team where, yes, LeBron is the best player on the court, and then AD – but then on the other side, they have the Lakers have no answer for CJ and Dame. So I'm taking my chances. 
Yeah. This and Dame's such an interesting player in terms of he's this is a guy who has embraced staying in one place oh, yeah. in ways that a lot of his all-star and superstar contemporaries have not. Do you think Dame looks at this as kind of redemption for the first part of this season when he was cooking before he got hurt? I mean, just going nuts. And then he got hurt and didn't get a chance to get these guys back into that playoff positioning before the season shut down. So this is kind of a it's a second chance for Dame just to kind of finish what he started this season. For sure. I think this is a blessing in disguise. He was, I think, first or second in minutes in the league. He was absolutely cooking. I think people talk about MVP races and stuff like that, and obviously they weren't in the playoffs, but he should have been talked about as winning, having one of the better seasons of his career, you know, battling through injuries. Um, I think he was averaging 40 for two weeks or something like that, or maybe a month. Yeah. Um, he was carrying a very injured, battle beat up team um in a super hard western conference and figuring out what to do with wide side figuring out what to do with mellow is all these things that come into play but i feel like them now with this clean slate being there at the at orlando they have nothing to do but focus and i think what is also a blessing is that the bench got a lot of experience gary trent jr and now the guys that got a lot of minutes because so many guys are getting injured are now ready to kind of step into that role player role where it's like hey if I get 10 minutes I know what to do with my 10 minutes now if I get 20 I'm really going to be able to take advantage of that but if I don't I still know my role and what is going to help us win and be successful you you mentioned Trent and and I think Anthony Simons is another one when I was watching them throughout the course of this year I was stunned at how much better they were from a year ago I mean it was like it was shocking a little, you know, just the comfort level that Trent looked like he had in terms of taking shots. Simons was playing and attacking rim like you could tell he's been working out against David CJ all this oh, yeah. time. How important do you think those young guys might be in terms of just the, the muscle memory they got earlier in this year paying off now? Well, I think you look at Damon CJ, right? And this is how we kind of break down the game. Damon CJ are going to play 35 plus minutes, those two. You have to, right? You have, at this point, there's nothing less to lose. If Simons gets in there and Gary Trent, which I felt like he really, really, really is going to help them, is on defense, right? He is a guy that is just going to guard whoever you ask, right? He's going to make an open shot. He's going to make the right play. He's not going to lose you the game, but if he makes a couple threes, if he gets a steal, if he gets a turnover, he's going to help you win those games. So those that extra 12 to 15 minutes, you're going to need Simons to go off offensively and put pressure on the opposing team's bigs use athleticism. Um, I, I still think Simons, and, and everyone talks about him here in like this crazy light. He is an athletic freak, first of all, right? He is a perfect two-guard body. I think where he's going to help the team the best is when they can put him defensively another body on another team, like, you know, like Lou Williams, right? When Lou Williams comes in, we need you to put pressure on Lou on the defensive end with your offense and use your height, use your athleticism. But those two guys are going to be extremely, extremely important uh, to give them between 10 and 20 points total on any given night. And it's not just, like you said, it's not just what they do in terms of scoring. It's going to be them being young, physical defenders, playing good team defense on the other end as well. That's a great point. All these guys have grown up pretty much, you know, certainly the, the players from the United States have grown up playing summer ball, travel ball, the spring circuit. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of guys talk about, well, you know, this is like AAU. And like I'm saying to myself, yes, that sounds good in theory, but this is not AAU. This is, this is the best players in the world 
on, on a 40 square mile campus locked in with each other. Both sides. We've never seen this before where yeah. you get everybody in one place. Is then the environment going to be the biggest adjustment you think for the players? Not, I mean, not necessarily getting them down the court playing basketball. I mean, that's normal, but just the environment, everybody being in this strange place where you, you're seeing each other after games at the hotel. I mean, that's, I can't imagine what that must be like for a player after all these years of doing it totally different in the NBA. Here, here's the biggest thing, right? It's the discipline. Are you going to be disciplined enough to, you know, continue your diet, to work out every day? Things are going to get very monotonous. So right now everyone's fishing. Everyone's kind of testing <laughs> things out. But can you stick to your routine when it gets mind-numbingly boring? <laughs> I know one man for sure that can, and that is LeBron. And to me, he is the most dangerous guy there. He does the same thing every single day over and over and over. And he's been doing it for not, for like 50, well, 19 years, right? Whatever that thing. 15. I was like, I think he played 18. Anyway, so for me, these guys, you know, when I hear guys complain about the food or complain about this, I would use that as an advantage in my mind thinking, does he really want to be here? Right? Is he really, you're worried about the food? It was like, what? Like, who cares? It's it's bland chicken and some noodles. Sauce the thing up. Put some hot sauce on it. Who cares? But for me, the guy that I really like to watch is Patrick Beverly. Mm-hmm. He's, he, you can tell he thinks that they can win it all because he's like, we're hunkering down here. You see how many t-shirts he brought? He didn't bring t-shirts. <laughs> he brought about 50 t-shirts. That means he's, right. he's here for the long haul. Yeah. Right? And then you start to see guys that are here that are enjoying it. But you really don't see a lot of the videos from the from the main, main guys because those guys are super locked in. They're getting their routine right. They're understanding where they can eat. They're, they're finding little outlets, right? Now, Bron says, oh, I'm playing 2K. Yeah, Maine might play 2K a little bit. But right. that dude is watching film. He's studying. He's watching guys. Um, I think it's going to get real testy, really testy once the playoffs come. Because if you just happen to be in the same hotel, you know, in the Lakers or the Clippers, you know they're going to be chirping. You know they're going to be talking. And when you lose or win, you got to now go to the same hotel and sit at a bar with the team? <laughs> There's going to be some security. I'm excited for all this. I think it's just like, you know, a, a gigantic coliseum. And you put all these warriors in there, and you're like, have at it. And just yeah. have at it. No fans, no nothing, right? So if you get dunked on, you don't hear the oohs and ahs. It's just you, you know you're on TV being watched by tens of millions of people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a fantastic lab experiment, if nothing else, watching how guys react, recover, yeah. respond to just whatever goes on. It's, and it's so strange to me. And you've been a part of a championship team. You understand the grind. And, and like you said, the discipline is a great word that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. But who has the staying power? Like, who's going to be able to look up a month in yeah. a month and a half in and not be frazzled. The pandemic has sent all of us, you know, nibbling yeah. through the walls of our own homes trying to figure out how to keep <laughs> ourselves safe. But this is more of that kind of quarantine environment. Oh, yeah. I wonder which teams. Is it is it a team like the Trailblazers with vets, guys who have been there, that manage this better than other teams trying to find the leadership and, and kind of that direction of who's in charge and how you do it? I think – for me, and I've been on playoff teams that have lost, if you have any inkling of doubt, you go, is it, is it worth it? Do we have a real chance of winning? 
So for me, think about the Grizzlies, think about the Pelicans. If they have to play, you have to think of the, not Zion, because he has his own pressure, Alonzo or Brandon Ingram. You got to think of player 8, 9, 10, 11. They're saying, I'm in this bubble. I'm only getting five, six minutes a game. Like, what am I doing? I could be at home, right? And another thing about the discipline is they got a certain set of rules. You can't go outside the hotel area. So all of a sudden, let's say you're in the playoffs. So let's say it's a huge game and Zion forgets for a day and goes and picks up some Postmates, right? <laughs> What's he doing for 10 days? Right. So that's a whole nother variable of, of guys missing games, roster spots. And so to get back to my main point, those guys that are like, um, what am I doing here? I'm like the 15th guy. What, what is their mental going to be like if they get an opportunity to play? It's not going to be the same as somebody who's like, I'm in the playoffs, we have a chance to win, like somebody on the Blazers. They're like, listen, we have a chance to win it all, and we have a chance to upset a lot of people. So that is that motivating factor. I'm not worried about the chicken or the pasta. We're here to win, right? You're not <laughs> worried about the baked lays for breakfast and like no, all this. Don't about all that. Are you thinking about some Pringles? This is, listen, you should prepare Amazon. What means so, a, a is, trillion? What, what is 10 more trillion? It's, it's so crazy, too. Like, uh, you know, seeing the, the social media, Instagram, and guys talking about the food and all that sort of stuff. And I'm laughing to myself thinking, we've all had to adjust to a new normal. Everybody on planet Earth. So, I mean, nobody's immune. And this is just yeah. a reminder of that. I think the, the continued reminder of the sacrifice it takes to be back in the mix, playing a championship on the line. You bring up LeBron, we bring up teams like the Clippers and like these Blazers. I, can't, I just can't imagine how valuable it's going to be to have veteran leadership, keeping everybody in line, making sure the temperature in the room is a certain way. Right. It's conducive to compete because, as you mentioned, Dame and CJ are coming this thing locked and loaded. They know we got this much ground to make up. We got this much time to do it. Focused. I mean, just focus. Do you do you think that? And we're talking Channing, with Channing Fry here about the Portland Trailblazers on the Hangtime Podcast. But do you think that the focus that it's going to take to be at your best, you know, however long it lasts for each and every team, but certainly for, for Portland, that is the advantage that Dame and CJ and guys like that who are immersed in that leadership process all the time. That's the benefit that you get having those guys on your roster now. For sure, for sure, and I think. You look at team chemistry, right? Yeah. If you got to be locked down, like when uh, when we were when we won at sixteen, that our team was tight. Yeah. Our team would go to dinners together. Our team was doing everything together. If one person, if coach said nobody come to a gym, if one person was at the gym, everybody would get a call. So then everyone would show up, right? Even if it was to get a massage, even if it was to just eat. That's how locked in tight we are. Now, by the end of it, I was like, God, LeBron, if I had to look at your face again, <laughs> Richard, if I had to look at you, I'm so sick of looking at you guys. But we want it. But, like, if you don't have that type of chemistry, if you don't have that type of, like, camaraderie, and then you've got to be compounded on a small case. It's not like you're going home. You're going to your, your hotel room. Your wife's not telling you how much she loves you. You're not getting a hug by your kid. you got to sit there and think, oh, man, we're down 0-1. What do we do here? What do we do there? Like, ah, is this worth it? And all that doubt comes. But at Dame and CJ, and we're forgetting Melo's been through this, Nurk has right. been through this. The guys that you're going to really need to rely on on one of those series would be mm -hmm. Gary Trent Jr., your Hassan Whiteside, you know, you know Coach Stotts, right? Everyone knows if, if it's a seven-game series, 
your big two, your big two guys got to win you two games. Yeah. It happens all the time, right? And then your coach has to win you a game. And whether that's a, a substitution, whether that's preparation, whether that's just a, a speech or something, your coach got to win you a game. And then your bench has to win you a game. Right? Your bench has to win you a yeah. game. Then your coach and then your two big guys got to win you a game. Right? And I could go to our series in 2016. Richard Jefferson started instead of Kevin Love. Right. Right? So that's the bench. Won us a game. Then uh, Kyrie and LeBron went absolutely apeshit. <laughs> My man was averaging triple, basically averaging yeah. triple double, like yeah. 40, 10, and 9 or something crazy. And then T. Lou won us a game by keeping Richard in the starting lineup and bringing Kevin off the bench. And he played Mo Williams and Dante Jones when they hadn't played in almost any other series. Right. And they got us huge possessions and huge shots. Yeah. So yeah. for the, the Trailblazers, it's going to be interesting to see who off that bench is going to win them a game when it counts. Yeah, no question about it. Um, so much to chew on with, with the Blazers, obviously, and, and, and all these teams in the bubble. When we come back from the break, we're going to take a look at some of the other stuff because there's a lot going on off the court, social justice. We know what's going on, but there's also some fun to be had in Orlando. There's a lot, you know, player lounges, video games, all that good stuff. So we're getting some keys to the Magic Kingdom for the Portland Trailblazers when we come back for the break. Here on the Hang Time Podcast, talking Portland Trailblazers with Channing Fry. And, and Channing, anytime you show up to a Disney property, the first thing that happens is they take the parents' money and take all of it and put it in the vault. This time for the Portland Trailblazers, there's more than just basketball going on. These guys have to exist in this bubble 24-7 until it's over. So let's get some keys to the Magic Kingdom for the Portland Trailblazers here. Um if there's one thing that they needed to leave at home for this trip to Orlando in terms of a regular season tendency, what was it? To me, it was just always, when is Nurk coming back? When is Zach coming back? You know, that was all everybody talked about. They were like, you know, is Hassan Whiteside the guy for us? There were so many doubts when it came to, um, especially Hassan and defensively. But I think he's proven he can do what he can do. He is what he is, and he does it at a very high rate. Um, so now you have Nurk and him. So start being a little bit more positive with him. It's just sometimes it looks like he's not trying, but he's just so big. He's like a gigantic aircraft carrier yeah. out there. And, you know, as fast <laughs> as this game is, you're like, you know, he's not getting out of threes or he's not doing this. But then he's, I think, second or third in shot blocks. And I think he's fourth or fifth in rebounds. So he is super efficient at what he does. So now it's this is your team. There's no trades. There's no pickups. This is your team. This is who you're going to battle with. Um, so for them, they need to make sure that they're putting their egos to the side, especially those two big guys, and figuring out what is best each game for them to go win. There's a, a lot going on in, in the social justice, you know, space for all these guys down there. And C.J. McCollum's going to have um, education reform on the back of his jersey as a slogan. Dame has been very vocal um, in, in his fight for social justice on, on social media and, and always speaking out. How do they use this platform in Orlando? How do they make sure to balance that and taking care of business in this environment? I think, first of all, I 
give them a standing ovation for what they've done in this community. I, you know, obviously I live in Portland and I've seen them. They were first on the front lines marching, being leaders. Damian Lillard, um, and not to say that CJ isn't, but Damian Lillard is on another level. He is becoming a superstar, right, in this league, becoming famous not only for basketball, but for speaking out and, and being that guy that's representing the smaller cities, representing, quote unquote, the little guy. And I think as a leader, him stepping out in front of everything, marching, uh, being as vocal as he is, sets the tone for his teammates so that they can speak out, so that they can express themselves in, in, in speaking their own truths. Um, for me, looking at Damon CJ's leaders, you'd be hard-pressed to find two better, right, for me. Yeah. Um, I think they encourage their players, their teammates, uh, to not only be themselves, both on and off the court, but I think that they're going to take advantage of this time because they understand and know that at no point in, the, in this world's history will there be more cameras on the NBA than right now. So if you have something to say, make sure you write it out, get your punctuation right, <laughs> say it. Because everybody's ears are going to be on you. They're going to be watching you. We have nothing else to do. Right. So use this time to say whatever is your truth and make sure that it is going to benefit not only you, but your community, your people, and America in the future. Well, that's a great point. What an opportunity. I know there was some talk, guys, we're talking about not wanting to participate because of it, all that different stuff. But you're right. The platform will never be more magnified than it will be when we get the action cranked up. You're right. From a basketball point, Beauty and the Beast matchup for Portland in terms of the playoff. And we, we've mentioned that they've got some ground to make up to get into that playoff mix. But if they were to do it, if they get down there and handle the business, what's the beauty matchup for Portland in terms of the team they would face in the postseason portion of what's going to go on in Orlando? This is going to sound wild. I think it's the Lakers. Wow. I don't think it's the Clippers. I think the Clippers are too deep. I think they're defensively, they match up with them guard-wise. Um, I think the, the Clippers have too many wings that are going to be problems between Kawhi and Paul George. And defensively, I don't know who's going to guard Terrell and, and Lou Williams coming off the bench. Who's going to guard Morris, right? That was a huge pickup. Yeah. But I feel like the Lakers, obviously, and, and this is, you know, I'm just going to say what well, sound wild, but LeBron, to make him a score, is your best bet. Yeah. And then you're just going to have to double-team the crap out of AD whenever you get a chance, and you're just going to pray that Danny Green and, and JR aren't hot. But I just don't think offensively they have as much power as people think they do. Hmm. You're relying a lot on Deion Waiters, who hasn't played all year, and JR, who hasn't played all year, to pick up the slack coming off the bench, right? And defensively, Kuzma is, isn't the best, but how is he going to be in a slowdown, grinded-out playoff game? We haven't known, and that just doesn't seem to be his style right now in, in his career. No, that's a great point. It's, I'm, I'm curious, too, without Avery Bradley, without Rondo, that does change the dynamic for the Lakers if they were to deal with a team like this. Yeah, because, you know, Danny Green is, is a very, very, very good defender. But Danny Green can't guard C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard yeah. for all 40 minutes that they're going to play and contribute offensively. And then you look at Portland's system. Danny Green is a big guard. He's good, but he's going to get hit with so many screens. <laughs> right? C.J. and Dame run the most of anyone in the NBA, I think, other than James Harden. Right? Right. So who are you? You need bodies. What bodies are you putting on both of those guys? They're used to playing that way. You don't have two or three guys that can 
keep up and, and, and uh, put pressure on them like that. And offensively, I mean, defensively, you could put Dame on Danny Green. He's just going to stand in the corner, right? right. You know, he's not, he's not a one-on-one guy like that. So, you know, I think that matchup to me would be favorable. Obviously, the Lakers are a really, really, really good team. But if I'm looking person to person, I feel like I have an advantage um, in front of Trailblazers. If you you get the genie in the bottle, he gives three wishes for the Blazers in Orlando. What are the three things that you have to have on that wish list? Woo. Number one, stay healthy in the regular season. Right? You got to stay healthy. Number two, we need Melo to to go ahead and take a five-hour energy and get ready to play. Right? We need Melo. <laughs> we need 2009 Melo. Right? 2010 Melo. Right. Just give me 10 minutes of that. Because he could be absolutely dangerous. He's yeah. shown it this year. Um, and number three, we're going to need the bench to, to the young guys to, to embrace this opportunity um, and, and be bigger than themselves. If there's a Mr. Incredible on this Trailblazers roster, the, the guy who ends up being that X-factor game changer that we always end up seeing in a, in a, in a playoff, somebody always – Pops, when, when nobody expects it. Who's that guy for Portland? I'll be honest. I think it's C.J. McCollum, and this is why. I think there's going to be so much pressure to stop Damian Lillard, right, that C.J. is going to have free reign to go one-on-one. And I think he's seen this enough. I think the Blazers have seen this enough where they've added better scoring on the outside. Because remember, like I said last year, Mo Harkless and Alfaro Camino were really just defenders, and they weren't shooting. I think they were 0 for 4 total last year. I think it was game six versus the Warriors. So now you have Melo who can shoot threes. Now you have Simons who can shoot threes. Now you have big-time rollers going to the hoop. Zach Collins can make an outside shot. Um, so they've added depth. They've added height. They've added physicality. And they've added a year of, of veteranship, right, of, of experience. Um, so I'm going to say C.J. McCollum is going to average maybe 20. I'm going to say he's going to mess around because you can't put your best defender on him. <laughs> and, and he's one of the most under, underrated one-on-one players in the NBA. Yeah, and he's going to be in attack mode. You know that. Ooh. So I mean, he's, you know, all this time off, a guy like that is going to come back ready to fire. Oh, yeah. He's going to be uh, good. Rested and good. Yeah. Um, all right, now, now let's have a little fun here with, with this Blazers team. Who's most likely to take ping pong too seriously in the players' lounge off this Blazers team? Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> he just seems like a competitive dude. Uh, you know, I follow him online. He's always lifting all these weights and showing right. everybody what he can't do, shooting threes and stuff like that. So it just seems like that's his, his persona, just to kind of take things a little too seriously. I know all these guys swear they're the best-dressed man in the NBA, but who keeps the fashion game on point in Orlando. We're talking quarantine dressing now. You got to show up with everything locked and ready. I'm going to say Mellow. Mm. I just think I like Mellow style, mm-hmm. right? Uh, pretty classy, GQ style, nothing too crazy, you know, timeless. Yeah, he's, he does have that, that kind of suave. But he also throwing like, he also throwing like a Jordan hoodie, right? <laughs> <laughs> hoodie Mellow might show up out of nowhere. Right. We don't know. Well, listen, we need like that hoodie Mellow. We don't need like season <laughs> hoodie Mellow. <laughs> What's crazy is it's scorching hot in Orlando. I don't know what they're going to be wearing other than 
shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming James Harden is coming with his uh, summertime outfits. All the, <laughs> oh, Lord. The, the walking silk, yeah, the silk man suits. <laughs> but that's that's for another podcast. The rompers? <laughs> <laughs> Who's most likely to sneak candy into one of the movie screenings? Oh, pfft. I would have said Mello, but he's looking skinny, so he might just be on the avocado <laughs> and pear. You know, shout out to the pears. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Nurkic. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. Big Nurk. You know, he's he's quiet. He's a cool cat, but I think low key probably a sweet. He looks like he's a Swedish fish dude. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking Mike and Ike's that you get at the dollar store instead of buying the ten dollar box of movies, but. That's another conversation. Oh, man. Yeah, my mom's bag used to be jangling and shaking. And <laughs> like, man, no candy. We're like, oh, no, no. This was just in there. My fault. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> Who of this Blazers bunch shows up with his golf clubs? I mean, there's a lot of room in the bubble for recreation. Who's got the golf clubs ready? I'm going to say t- Terry Stotts. I'm going to say the coach. Mm. Mm. Coach for sure, right? Dame's, in, Dames in, in his little mini studio in his room. <laughs> I saw Whiteside's playing 2K. CJ's tasting wine. He got a wine coming out. Uh, Zach Collins probably shouldn't be swinging a golf club. He just got off shoulder surgery. <laughs> big Nurk, I think he's just too big to have golf clubs in general. So, right. It's, I'm not going to lie, man. I lived in Orlando for a year and a half. When I tell you, it's a different type of – it's sauna hot. If right. you're playing golf, you, it is not – it's not cool, man. Like, it ain't it. That ain't it. This is gonna be this is gonna be dead of summer too. I'm gonna be interested to see who survives that Orlando heat. Um, that's everybody's used to it. A one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, finally, and and this is um, you know that that magical ending for Portland in this in this scenario in the bubble. What would be the fairy tale ending? How do the Portland Trailblazers make it to the NBA Finals? What has to happen for them? To, to upset the order of things and get to the finals? Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to put this on lock now. They are going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm putting that down. I just don't think the Grizzlies have enough offensive power, mm-hmm. right? And as a, such a young team, they have so much momentum at the end of that season that stopping it and starting it, you're now not facing the same teams. So all that fake momentum they had is completely gone. And you're asking these young guys who have not really played a lot in the league to take four months off? That's, this is longer than a regular season. So, um, for me, back to the Blazers. Number one, they upset the Lakers. Biggest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Then, shocker. Yeah, they shocked the world with that. They play – who they play in the second round? They play the Rockets in the second round. Uh, and the Rockets go cold. And then, thirdly – Hassan Whiteside and Nurk are just too much physically for the Clippers. And every time they double-team Dame and CJ, those guys are just finishing at the rim and put – because the, the Clippers are deep, but they are very uh, – they're like 6'9 to 6'7", yeah. right? So like the 3-4 position. But at center, they have big Zubac. That's my guy. Yeah. And uh, Harrell. So the physicality there, I think I have to give it to the Blazers. So – that's my thing. And then they go to the NBA Finals versus the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, they, well, I mean, they would don't lose go that. To, I was say, don't go too far. <laughs> you know what? No, 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 I can't go too far. You got no answer for the boy. <laughs> Listen, Giannis is a different no beast. Doubt. Man, Tanny Fry, it's been enjoyable talking to you, man, about, about the Blazers and Thank about you. the bubble. Um, looking forward to all the content that I know you'll be providing, certainly 
seeing you on NBA TV Thank and everywhere you, else, man. You. Thank you so much for the time, and we'll see you down the road. Appreciate you. Yeah. We are counting down to the start of this Orlando bubble experience for all 22 teams. Talking the Portland Trailblazers today with our guest, Channing Fry. Appreciate him. And check us out next time here on the Hangtime Podcast.